My name is James Callis. I play Dr. Gaius Baltar on Battlestar Galactica, and you're listening to Galactica Quorum. Previously on the Galactica Quorum. Three women rescuing him? I mean, it's like, my God. Oh, yeah. Your new life is our savior. I mean, this guy's got to be sitting in the writer's room going, no, no, make them all women. I think we could have done without Apollo in that picture. He's worthless. If he's not going to be a pilot, he's going to be civilian. What can he contribute anymore to any plot? I think Anders will go first. I think he might fess up to Starbucks. We seem to have forgotten. By the way, the ships are dead in the water and the Cylons are attacking. Guys. He's totally an egomaniac. What is the matter with you men? Shut up! <laughs> I got Zeus over here. Poseidon <laughs> <design> over here. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is episode 38. We are a podcast, a fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica, and we are here to talk about season four, the premiere. It has finally arrived after many, many months. We have a website. It's called galacticacorum.com and an email. That is gquorum at gmail.com. That's G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And a voicemail, 206-350-6756. I am Brian, and joining me today is... Michelle. Jen. And her husband, Dimitri. (laughs) Okay, we will forego anything else. We want to get right to talking about this episode, because it's been so long. So let's just move right into it. I will go ahead and... uh, as is customary. It's been a long time, but here's my... Actually, it's only been a few months since we did the Razor, but I will go ahead with my summary of the episode, which was titled, He That Believeth in Me. Starbuck and Apollo are flying side by side through their nebula clouds, reminiscent of their last flight over the Mandala. She playfully tells him to catch up and peels off to enter the battle. The two fleets are engaged in all-out glorious CGI combat. Anders is nervously and impotently flying his Viper when a raider flips around and gives him the red eye. Something passes between them. Anders' retinas pulse red and the raider bugs out. Immediately, the entire Cylon force is jumping out. Starbuck is back on Galactica's flight deck, but isn't being greeted with open arms. Do you believe in miracles? Ty asks Adama. Roslyn doesn't. She thinks it's a Cylon trick. Starbuck checks out medically, but her Viper is in factory condition, and she claims to have been gone for only six hours. Meanwhile, Baltar has been whisked to a candlelit compartment, filled with followers of the Church of Baltar, whose eligibility requirements appear to be female, under 30, and smoking hot. <laughs> From bowed heads, the disciples steal lusty glances at Baltar as he strides among them, evoking memories of the sex-step nuns from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, of all things. The final four Cylons meet and begin to question if programming will override their free will. Ty declares they won't let that happen, and meaningfully places a gun down on the table. Rosalind asks Caprica Six about the final five. Six says she is programmed not to think about them, but she can tell they are close. Adama and Lee reconcile again, and Adama offers him back his commission, but Apollo turns him down, saying there's a position open in the government. And if that plan doesn't pan out, there's an opening in the galley for a pastry chef. (laughs) Me making pies could really make a difference in morale, he says. Adama nods and pats his stomach. Baltar takes a break from consorting with the lady of his flock to pray for the son of one of his followers. The prognosis looks grim, though, and Baltar, sincerely for once, tells God to take his life instead. Soon after, that almost comes to pass. After shaving off his beard, Baltar is attacked in the bathroom, and the blade is held to his throat. Head Six appears and asks him, Did you mean it? Take your life. He says yes. Again, sincerely. He's saved by one of his followers and returns to their hideout, and they find the little boy has recovered. It's a miracle, the mother says. 
Rosalind has ordered to keep on this path, but with each FTL jump further from the nebula, Starbuck reels from the mental compass spinning in her head. They jump again, and Starbuck goes off the reservation. Using her bionics borrowed from that other show, Starbuck takes out her guards, whacks Anders, and creeps up on Rosalind, gun drawn, and aimed at her head. To be continued. What do you guys think of this episode? Well, A, <laughs> I love your synopsis. Thanks. I missed love that it. thing about the pastry chef. Did that really happen? No. no. <laughs> That was my snarky attempt to belittle oh. Lee's choice. But okay. go ahead. I was like, I was like, wow, I really bartender. <laughs> we need to refill. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. It was fun. I liked the fact that they listened to everything we said in all our podcasts <laughs> and uh, started off with some serious CGI, reminiscent of the dogfight scenes in Top Gun. So yes. dizzying. So dizzying and exciting. The first half had a lot of funny scenes that made me laugh out loud. I enjoyed that. Just overall, I, I really liked it. I give it an A. <laughs> we haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> it's been so long. You spoiled the ending of our podcast. It's been so long, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot how to podcast. And so you kind of wrapped it up. The end. Yeah. Okay. What do you guys think? I enjoyed it. I appreciate Baltar a little bit more now. I like when he walks in and he's looking you at everybody. You interviewed him? Yeah. Yeah. Strangely enough. No, I like how he walks in. He looks at everybody and goes, right. Yeah, he was he was a little bit of a quirkiness about him yeah. this time. It was a little lighter. Yeah. It wasn't like this brooding dark. Yeah, that was interesting. Like Jesus. Because yeah. we had asked him if, if, because in the first season, how he had been a lighter character. And they had kind of gone away from that. And this first episode of the season seemed like he was a little bit more, he had more brevity than before. He was fun of himself yeah. yeah. But it, it's true what Michelle said. It's like. I know this is going to sound whatever, but I mean, when we were sitting... Fanboyish? Yeah. But, <laughs> when we were sitting like a couple feet away from him and he was talking to us and he was making... He was gesturing and he was doing a lot of expressions on his face and... He's very animated. I When I was watching before, he's always been one of my favorite actors on the show, but now I just see him and I'm like, I just appreciate it so much more because he's just so good. I just want to run out and hug him. Yeah. You're the greatest man. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was interesting... How the um, potential final four, when uh, the president and Ty and Adama and... and uh, Tyrrell was Tyrrell there. And the whatever, was there. Like, group. And, uh, and so, like, three of them are possibly three of the final four. It was interesting. They- oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. I'm sorry. We only have it, their it, it, assumption it, that they are part of the true. final five to know that they are. They've done nothing magical or mechanical. To, to, for them, they no proof. they probably have no idea. Like, for some reason, all of a sudden, Rosalind <clears throat> knows about the Final Five. Like, that's something I want to bring up later. But they know they're Cylons, but they don't know anything about Final Five or any kind of Cylon, this or that. To them, it could be like, I mean, there's four of us. There might be ten of us. They, they don't know any difference. They don't know anything about the 12 models or, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, well anyway, I wasn't done. I'm sorry. Okay, so, sorry. Uh, it was just interesting dynamic because those couple people are talking about the ship and the other ones are kind of like glancing at each other like... Yeah, that was very nervous, you know, nerve-wracking. Kind of like, um, should we say anything? Uh, or are they going to figure it uh, out? Gonna, or, or then when they're on the bridge too and then... Maybe something's maybe changed. Maybe something's changed. Like, why would you say that unless you want to get your ass kicked? I mean, what are you going to back that up with? And then Ty, of course... Covers her ass really well. I have no idea. I have no idea, you know? But anyway, those little, like, nervous glances were interesting. Yeah, I actually was thinking that in the moment. I was thinking, 
this is going to be a whole nother emotional level added to the show. Because you like them. They've been human to you for three seasons and one show. Well, three seasons minus one show. And you don't want them to get in trouble with their friends. Or be hunted. Or yeah, be thrown yeah, in so jail. Yeah, so you don't want them to get caught. Be... I, I felt nervous. I did. I was like, ooh, I hope nothing, you know. That was good. Yeah. So how come we've never considered Rosalind to be the fifth? Is it because she told Ron more that she didn't want to be a Cylon? Is that the only reason why we were like, Rosalind's not the fifth one? Because she's having these shared visions with Six and with Athena, so... You know, for a lady who says that she doesn't want to talk about the five anymore, you really... <laughs> it's just, I don't it's true. Just, every uh, podcast, she's every, like, I'm sick of the five. I don't want to talk about them anymore. I want to know who they are, though. <laughs> this week... Well, to answer your question, I, I think it's because, like, the prophecy is something about the leader finds Earth and... But guess, maybe Kara's the leader in reality. But, but she... But the prophecy told the story about someone being sick and yeah. all that that happened to Rosalind. But I guess it could Kara's be a Cylon. Kara's sick too. and different sort of way. But, but, <laughs> so, but Rosalind didn't hear the music, so... Well, my thought maybe was Maybe she was actually, too doped on this deluxe and then she couldn't hear it. Maybe that's what I it was. was thinking the person... The fifth should not have been there in order to have not heard the music. Yeah. And the person that wasn't there was Starbuck. But like we were saying, it better not be her because it's just way too obvious. But it's also... So pedestrian. But here's another thing, right? <laughs> There's a whole fleet of ships. And there could have been, theoretically, someone on another ship who yeah, heard it. And there's no ship. way the someone on the other ship on, like, Cloud 8 right. or Cloud 7 or whatever is going to be able to go onto a battleship just because they heard a song. They're not going to get gain access. Your theory is, or you've been saying you have a theory that the fifth is dead and not coming back. In a way, just it's just because it appeals to me. I don't know. Not that it makes more sense, but just that it doesn't follow this path. It's a little twist. It's like we have five and one of them happens not to be with the rest of them. I got it. You know what I mean? Alex Ponovic. Alex Ponovic, that would be the best twist ever. <laughs> and he comes back. And he comes back. That'd be awesome. It just doesn't make it, sense to me that they would write it in and then have a fifth Cylon that everybody's been talking about that just is but, dead but it and would make coming the, back. It'd be hard to do. That, that fifth would, Cylon has to, to play a part in this wrapping up. And also, if they're dead and they died before... Then you'd have to do one of those weird flashback scenes. But see, they love to do those. They, but it would, they did the, the boxing episode was nothing but a big flashback but, to New Caprica. But that was stuff. Razor was a flashback to Kane. But, and but they, I understand that. But those are all things that actually happened to people who knew who they were at the time. Yeah. It'd be hard to flashback yeah, to I know, But I can see it now. It all comes clear. I can see them writing an episode where they have this one bit of information that comes out. Suddenly, like, someone picks up an object from their locker or from some whatever. And you flash back to this thing. And as the story goes on, every flashback builds up more. All the pieces. All the pieces. And then by the very end of all these flashbacks, it's like, oh, that person was a final five. And at the end, you see their death or you realize, oh, that they died. And then it's like, oh. The only way I could see that working is if they did that, they built all these puzzle pieces, whatever, and it related to a specific plot twist that made the story move forward. Not just the, that this person is dead and now there's only four. Did anything happen on New Caprica that with all the occupation and the prison? Or what if the final five 
or not actually a final five. Let's just call them five because yeah, final is, is final too is just like much. it somehow signifies that they're the last of. Mm-hmm. But they're only the last of in the series of twelve. It implies too much. Yeah. So let's say the five they're actually human. But going back centuries when Cylons were originally created, these humans are born with a gene, the Cylon gene, that is just in them the whole time. So, you know, Terrell was born where he was born. He grew up. He went to school. He's a totally human, but he's got this dormant gene that somehow is awoken for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan's song. I don't know. Something triggers it. It's very rare and... So somehow maybe like that. It's just you're born with it. There's one thing that is going to come back, and that's when uh, Leoben told Rosalind, I think it was season one, where he whispers in her ear before he gets thrown out the airlock. He's like, Adama's a Cylon. And we're all like, what does that mean? Is he really telling the truth? Is it just trying to mess with her head? And it comes back to the theory that eventually they all hybrids and humans and Cylons all mixed together, and it's one big thing. And so, yeah, Adama's a Cylon. But so is Hilo and Gaeta and blah and blah and blah. And everyone's a Cylon at some level. They all have that, you know, that little genetic hook somewhere from a previous generation. What if they're everybody's a Cylon? Everybody. And Tyrrell and Tori and Anders and Ty, they're the leaders. And as people start finding out that they're Cylons, they're like kind of like mentor guides. They're like, hey, hey, it's okay. It's cool. We know. <laughs> We've been there, you know, it's all right. We're all Cylons. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> I think that, and that's actually a good segue into something that I was thinking about, was the theme of tolerance. Apollo says it to his dad. He's like, you know, if Zach came out of there, of that plane, and he was a Cylon, wouldn't we still love him the same? And then Anders to Starbuck. You know, if you found out that you were a Cylon, I'd still love you. Mm. And then to... Yeah, they did introduce that theme into this episode. I think that there will be, as they get to Earth or whatever, a coalition of people that are tolerant. And they're the ones that will And we'll get back to what you said on our last podcast. Your prediction was that as they get closer to Earth, there will be those who say no. We are not the same as those people, and we're not going to live with those, and they're going to continue battling the Cylons, and there'll be a smaller group of Cylons and humans who say, you know what, we are very similar, and this war we're having is stupid, and let's go together to Earth. And that's where the taller, and it'll be like humankind, you know? Does it make me a bad Battlestar Galactica fan if I really, truly don't care about the Final Five? No, I think a lot of people are just sick and tired of I'm it. I'm tired of talking about it. Well, part of that is because of the fact that we've had to wait a year for this show to finally come around. Yeah, but I'm just aside from that, we talk about them a lot, and I'm sure if we get you know people like John to write these killer emails to us, there were some things that was written in that email last time that were new ideas to the group. But as far as our brains go, I think we've you we've know thought it all we've out. thought it all out as far as art sentient being can handle. Number one, they took a long, long, long time to get the next season out. And number two, it's just different now because people have message boards and they have podcasts and they have the they internet. And they just like talk about it tomorrow. every day. <laughs> and so we, we scrutinize this stuff to a point where it just it reaches a critical mass much sooner than it would have like years ago. See, then you may have a very good point there because since I wasn't 
sitting around with you guys off podcast, whatever, discussing this over and over. I mean, believe it or not, Tim and I weren't like picking apart the show by ourselves at home. <laughs> I was spooning Jen and right before bed and saying, Jen, now, is it possible that Rosalind is the fifth? Rosalind is the fifth yeah, side. I'm not nearly, I'm not sick of talking about the five. Mm. So, but I don't have anyone else in my life to talk about Battlestar Galactica with. <laughs> Well, Jen only has her coworker Jen to talk about uh, who hasn't seen the third who hasn't season seen his third season because the she powers that late. be decided to wait as long as a year to let the third season come out on DVD, which is the- maybe they should have just watched it when it aired. Well, she was behind. <laughs> well, here's oh. the question. I mean, I don't want to get into semantics, but let's say you, for some reason, couldn't watch it. Why wait an entire year to release a, a week DVD? before the next season comes out? Well, I think that I, was. I mean, I, don't know it, why I mean, you yeah. can defend them all you want, but that's stupid. I'm not shit. defending them. I'm just saying yeah. maybe the people who didn't watch season three should have watched it when it aired. Regarding the final five, though, what we took from this episode was Caprica Six somehow can detect them, feel them, their presence somehow. The question is, how come she can do it and Boomer, and Boomer can't? Athena. You could say, yeah. oh, because well, Caprica 6 had visions, but hello, Boomer did too. Boomer well, also had visions. Not Boomer, Athena. Athena. Athena, I'm sorry. Athena also had the visions. And Athena was right next to those two guys in the hangar deck and didn't feel but, anything. Wait a minute. But but Caprica 6 said that they're programmed not to think about yeah. them. But, she, but then she said two seconds later. But because but she, but Rosalind brought it up. Ro- Rosalind made her think about it. Rosalind pushed her. So it's obvious so if nobody's, that they really if nobody's about pushing it. Athena to talk about it, and she's programmed not to talk, think about it. She may have this feeling in the back of her head, but she push, she like pushes it out. Yeah, but I didn't take it. I took it more like I'm trying not to think about them, but I have been because of this vision I'm having. And now you're here talking to me about it. It felt to me like there was a discrepancy between... And the vision was the thing in the opera house. Yeah. The vision in the opera house. I don't know. That whole line where she says, we're programmed not to think about them. That's not true, though, because last season, when her and Baltar were on the base star and they're walking around, and she said something like, there's the other, there's the final five. And what was the exact line? Do you she remember? She said, we're not allowed to speak of them. It wasn't we we're not allowed. Speak we don't them. speak of them. But we just, don't speak of them, and I'm not allowed to think the about idea them that they were like different. some faction, like break off. Yeah. But I mean, just bringing them up, obviously, like Rosalind was saying, just by saying you don't speak of them, you are thinking of them. So I don't know. No, I think it's just that because she's programmed that way, she's not. But because Caprica Six took the effort to think about it, it started to come up. So if Athena takes the effort to think about it, it'll start popping up. And sh- and I think if Caprica really thinks about it, See, she'll, that's the other she'll thing. know who they are. That's the other thing that bothers me, though, is because Rosalind comes in with this pronouncement, like, the one that Baltar refers to as the final five. What? We're, I mean, that's totally made up. I mean, he's never talked about the final five. Is that another previously that didn't exist? Yeah, another previ- previously on Battlestar Galactica. Uh, guys, Baltar here. Uh, there's... Uh, Final five, Rosalind. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, that's that's fantastic to know. I mean, this is my pet peeve from before. I was saying, why doesn't Athena give them this big intel dump about there's the final five? This is how our the silent structure is laid out. We have these five we don't talk about. Intel. Intel. And so why would Rosalind go to the person who is not a prisoner, but a voluntary member of your crew now and say, okay, great. Tell me about it. If that's not a trigger that's going to be like, oh, I want to tell you, but mm, someone's blocking me from telling you. Oh, let's investigate this more. To me, that was just funny. 
I'll tell you something else that's funny. I mean, as a man, I didn't mind it. But as a person watching Battlestar Galactica, what is Six doing in shackles wearing a spaghetti strap V-neck thing that shows off her cleavage? I think we brought this up in the previous podcast, too. Wow! That is a hot jail outfit. How do the guards keep their pants on? You remember Athena had on, like, sweats? I think now we know we've established why Dima liked it so much. <laughs> Speaking of the women, uh, what do you think of the Baltar harem? I thought it was a little bit over the top. I mean, it was just like... Okay, I think your reference to the Holy Grail was so funny. <laughs> Jenna's like, you didn't see her because you were reading it. She's good. She's pumping her hand. I'm like... <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. It was a little strange, his little, like, the altar to him. Well, the altar I could see, but just the fact that they're all these young, hot babes, and they all were just like... <laughs> they weren't all. There were some men in there. There, Well, okay. One but, or two. Well, men can want Gaius. Yeah, maybe. Whatever. It seemed like it was oh a lot Oh, my of, Gaius. Oh, my Gaius. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they could start their own little civilization in that hold, right? Gaius can be the almighty father who impregnates all of them. And they raise their own little one-god-believing sect. It's a cult! The one that gave him the shave. I liked her. Like She was like, after that fight where she beat the guy with the pipe, she had like this fanatical exhilaration about her. I like that other woman who like is undressing Gaius while he's talking to his head six, and then she puts his hands on her breast and says... Do you feel the presence of God? He's like, ah, uh, yeah. Who <laughs> wouldn't? Both of them. <laughs> That's why they call it gods. <laughs> I got Zeus over here. Poseidon over here. <laughs> but I don't know. For me, that was how that was presented. Just it seemed kind of over the top. They could have had well, his following be compartment that no one ever. Well, else here's the, thing. the secret compartment, and it's like I said, it's it's full of like girls gone wild on the Galactica, and but it, it could have been more diverse. Just like his followers, it didn't have to be like this pure harem of hot how could, women. How could you possibly do that, though? Right? Can you imagine a harem of women <laughs> stowed away in a corner of an aircraft carrier? No. Yeah. Hot dog's like, where are all the hot women at, man? I'm like, God. <laughs> we got birth over here. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Well, it's like you said, it's kind of like Star Trek y. Yeah. yeah, was Stargate totally Star Trek. All they needed was Stargate a green did lady. that a couple times, too. Like they yeah. went to a planet, or like Jack or yeah, Daniel. If one of those ladies in. Oh, actually, the boy was green, so that's. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the sick kid. He was a little green. Removed from that, though, I love. <laughs> James Callis's performance in this, but the one thing that I did think was kind of strange was he went from being at the end of last episode, which in our Earth time was like a year, but in their time was like 45 minutes ago. He he's just gotten out of court. He was like, "Yes, I'm on top of the world. Let's you know write a book about this. I'm going to use this." And then like he gets stuck in this compartment with all these other people, and he's just like. He's suddenly like, oh, this is terrible. Didn't I seem die. I should die. I'm like, what? You just got out of prison. When a normal person gets out of prison, like the first thing they want to do, and if you're stuck with, uh, quote unquote, stuck with a bunch of women, that's going to be like, yes. 
Yeah, that's, you know, that's he should have stopped at one. He yeah. should have said, but he's okay. stuck with all these women who are putting this big burden on his shoulders. What's the burden? They love him. I mean, isn't well, he like an they're egomaniac? They're making him out to be a god, and so he what? Really, that he have sex with that all of them. That should fit into his personality. He's totally an what egomaniac. What's the matter with you men? Shut up. Have sex with all of them, god. and then leave the room. <laughs> You people are lucky there's women on this podcast, you bunch of chauvinist pigs. <laughs> I'm just saying, Jeez. don't you think he uh, reacted oddly? No! For, what would he, okay, you don't think he acted strangely from no. going? No! In every movie, and <laughs> every book, and every story that has happened until now, when men get out of jail, the first thing they go to do is well, get a drink and have to sex. Do. Yes, but why, like, oh, I need to kill myself, kill me now, I suck. He just got out of jail, he should be stoked. Do you not see tell, what okay. these women are putting on him? No, tell no. us. They're putting this burden on him. They're putting him on this pedestal that he doesn't want to be on. He's what pedestal? He's the president, or he was the president. That's the biggest pedestal in the world. He aspires he to a himself, pedestal. He, he put himself on the presidential pedestal. That he wants to be. He wants. He wants adoration. He wants him. Everybody hates Holy him. Holy cow, people! No, everybody hates him. <laughs> everybody hates him, and he hates the fact that everybody hates him. And all of a sudden, there's this room full of people who love him. He should have been like, yeah. Instead, his character flipped the other way for no reason. It didn't make any sense from the guys that we've had for the last three seasons. His dislike of being in the center of attention with all these women and men made no sense. It was out of character. What do you think, Jen? You're the other representing woman in the... Go ahead. (laughs) Remember that I can't remember exactly what happened at the end of last season. Because I... Didn't I have a baby around that time? (laughs) Um, So... But he so, was in jail, remember, and get, got gay, Gata off. wanted to kill him with the pen. I don't know. I mean, I think that to some extent, he was on this high. He comes out of court, and he's free. And then suddenly, you know, I mean, everyone's thinking that he's going to be killed. Uh-huh. Once he left, everyone thought that he would be assassinated. Right. Right? But instead, he gets whisked off by these strange people with a blanket over his head, and then he ends up... In the bowels of Galactica in this room with all these people that are like, guys, guys, I think I might be a little freaked out too. Not I would like, be too if they were hey, ugly, but they're but all smoking hot. You guys oh are women. God. You guys are women. You have no you idea. Are. Yeah, exactly. I don't okay. go home If to you ten. were whisked away and, and Hilo and, came and, in and, and you said, and you were in there. Totally no, it's not. It's and the Hilo, same fracking all, thing. Hilo turns out he's. And he's Hilo he's, put a blanket over my head? He's an octopus. <laughs> He's an identical octuplet, and you walk into a room, and there's eight of them, and they get their shirts off, and they're wow. slightly misty from spraying themselves with mist water I'm bottles. Just saying, I'm just saying that Whatever. this idea that now that I'm recalling what happened, this idea that he was on a high and was ready to go like hit the town and the bars and get chicks and stuff after his win is not really true because they were talking about this fear that he would be he would have a hit on them. Well, I understand that, but. He's right? still his yeah. character is the whole time he's he always wants but he's people. He's going through a transformation. He's going to be the deliverer. Did okay, you so see him okay, cut stop, his stop, hair? Stop. Okay, <laughs> let's if he take cut a break his hair, from that. Shaved his beard. If he cut his hair, he that would make sense. Okay, so is this the epiphany that James Callis mentioned oh. before in our interview with him in episode thirty-five? What plug plug? <laughs> is this did he? Is this the epiphany <laughs> that James Callis was bringing up 
when we talked to him. And do you think this is it, or is there something more? Because I this, think there's got to be something he more. He did associate the epiphany with Wait, his hair. Removal, it was, right? but, but his to hair me, this was, was much shorter when we talked to him. It was much shorter. It was much shorter than what it is. But in he did get a slight episode. haircut but, here, aside from getting his beard shaved off. Yeah. But I mean, if this is the epiphany, it seems like it's kind of. I this needs to be more than this. This is not the epiphany. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, he's definitely no, starting on a trend that's getting somewhere. I mean, he knows he's somewhere. willing to die. I think. He's I think the epiphany will be big. It'll be yeah. like, and if it was like we said, it, it just seemed like an odd, quick turn. That went. Whoosh. What about Starbuck? What did you think about Starbuck coming back? Wasn't this story done somewhere else where someone went away and they thought they were only gone for a couple hours, but in reality, contact. Thank you. I knew it was Well, contact in every episode of every sci-fi show exactly. ever. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's not like it's in, never well, been done before. Here's but. the thing. She shouldn't be such a stranger to the possibility that she's been gone for two months and that they need to check her out. I mean, why does she have to be always on the defensive? Someone if else. someone else was in her shoes, you know, Anders or anybody else, and they disappeared for two months... She knows what's going on. She knows that they're possible Cylons. She was in, you know, in a Cylon fakey camp apartment for months on right. end. So I thought her her reaction was reaction was silly. It yeah. was like I just think that's her when she goes to the old man and she's like, "You said you once thought me as a daughter. Then this is the time to trust me." I mean, he trusted Boomer as one of his ace pilots, and then she shot him. Right. So it's well, like, my thought when it, she it, said it, that was like. Dude, you're in the military. It don't work like that. Like, just because he loves you as a daughter doesn't mean that he should be making military decisions based on that love. Yeah. I was like, See how that works with Lee. Yeah, exactly. He's had a little experience there. I liked how she listed, like, these possibilities. Like, did they experiment with me? Did they take my cells? Did they, like, do this and that? And, like, all the things she listed, pretty much all those theories at that point became void. Because they're not going to do the things that she just said. Could it be this? Because that would not be in their interest to, like, make that the actual answer to what it is. I love that she tells Andrew she'd shoot him between the eyes if he were a Cylon. But is that... But what about that, though? Because, like, she's real chummy with Boomer. Boomer's a Cylon. That, that's what I didn't quite follow, either. She's, is she chummy? Yeah, it's they like had this... Whole, they have... Sorry. I keep saying that. It's Athena. Athena it, Boomer. It's okay. It's okay. Really. And Dimitri gets it. It was the Hilo... No. The Hilo episode where he had to solve this mystery of like who was poisoning the Sagittarians. It was a crap episode. Uh, it wasn't that good. But anyway, there was this one scene where they showed Starbuck all oh, palling around with their arm yeah. around Athena to and illustrate was that like, oh. he was like left out. <laughs> it was like they're all palling around. That's something that kind of bugged me because they never Wait, really reestablished them as being buddies, which I really think that would have been an, that was a missed opportunity. They never really did that. They could have had something where you know you're not my friend that I remember, so let's spend half an episode where they Get reconnect somehow. Yeah. But if she can deal with Boomer being on flight deck, what if he does say, oh, I'm a Cylon? I mean... Well, he's so not going to now. <laughs> so I, I hear you. Like, why Why would you eyes. say you have an East Ender and a West Ender, and an East Ender likes a West Ender? Why would you all of a sudden meet another West Ender and want to kill that West Ender? It makes no sense. Like, why... If you accept this different person... Why would you want to kill that I don't think she really would bird? do it. I think she just said it just to freak him out. Or that I don't know. Why would she say it to freak him well, out? But well, also has... assuming that it's her. Wait, she doesn't know he's a Cylon. Why would she say that to him to freak him out? Because she's still going to look like a badass at all times. I guess. I don't know. Just her bravado. Yeah. 
Except when they tell her they have in to her, take her to the... In her the, little moment of weakness, of weakness and confusion, and I don't know what the hell I am, then she had to come back with, I'm still a fucking badass, and I'll kill you if I can. Going from Adama's sort of daughter to his son, Lee, all right, I thought this is... <laughs> Why the, is his son air quotes, quote, son? <laughs> well, what, you know, okay, I can't... We talked last podcast how we think Lee has just uh, a become wuss. a useless character. This whole thing about... I think I could be more of use in the government. What or, government job what could gov- there be available? <laughs> what government is there? there yeah, are, and I'm, and that made no to the, sense to me. Going I, back to the whole thing with them needing every pilot in the sky when the silence attacked, it's not like they're not going to attack again. Is he going to be like Secretary of State or something? I, <laughs> that makes no sense. If anything, it's like, oh my God, we need... Secretary of We just had a yeah. huge colossal battle. We just lost a couple more guys. It's like, what government do they have? It's just a puppet thing. Like, they have the president and below that. Well, what is it, really? I mean, Somewhere. Oh, really? Like, probably two of the guys are on that ship that got blown up. I, I think it's <laughs> they don't a even shame have a full form anymore. Jamie Bamber is a very good actor, and it's a shame that they It are. is a shame that the character has gone this way. Do they really have some plan for Apollo in this there must series? Be. There must be, but what could it be? If he's not going to be able to do anything... Uh, he's a Cylon. Is Zach going to get out of a cockpit? And you know, Zach comes back. He's the fifth Cylon. I thought the whole government is so stupid. There is no government. Well, it was yeah. the, weird, the only government weird is the president and her chief of staff. Right. That's it. It's the, always quorum. Been- the quorum's there somewhere. The quorum is an individual from each of the colonies, and so I don't think they need him in the quorum. But they're not and making day-to-day The colonies don't even exist anymore. That's the thing. It's like the representative from the planet that no longer exists. Okay. Imagine if Earth is under attack in a couple millennia, and everybody in the United States takes off, and there are a bunch of ships. There will be the representative from North Dakota. <laughs> there will be some form of government, but... I still don't understand how there's a job position available. Yeah, for him. that just sounded. <laughs> it almost was like he's making it up. It's like I just don't want to do anymore. He's like going to make an excuse or he something. I think what's going to happen is that it's not going to happen because if it were, then they would have said what he would have been doing. Yeah, like he's saying there's feelers out there. What is, yeah. like, you would have been funny. <laughs> actually, like, we're going to pay you lots of money. Yeah, money. you would have been funny. Actually, Ryan, it would have been funny if his dad just said, "What government?" Yeah. That would have been perfect. Like, yeah. what government? Exactly. He's the president. He couldn't say that, though, because he just said he had to follow the president. And the president yeah, but I hate that the head too. of the government. I hate that, too. Why does he have to follow the president? She's like the he's secretary with of her. education. What the hell does she know? <laughs> She's bunked up in his quarters, that's why. Oh. Uh, he's uh, fracking her. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> 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 Last week, I was paying attention to the final scene when Starbucks Viper pulls up alongside Apollo's. And I guess it was a CGI error or something because in that version, her Viper had no markings on it at all. It didn't say like Carathrace Starbucks below the canopy. It was just a clean fuselage. It didn't have anything. And in this one, it obviously it did, although the Viper itself was pristine. And maybe back then they were thinking, we'll just make it I without any, any markings or whatever. The other thing that they did kind of totally gloss over continuity wise was the Anders limp. He totally lost that within like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> last, last season. He, he was limping. He heavy. was limping heavy. In this episode, he was, had none of that at all. Maybe there's not enough time to show him injecting cortisone into his knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
All right, I'll say something positive so you don't sound like total I, negative no, news. I love I mean, the show. I'm just. This is I mean, one of the reasons I like watching it is that you can talk about it this way. It's multifaceted and interesting. And I really enjoyed it. Before we podcasted two years ago, uh, and I was watching the show, I really loved it, but we still had discussions about it, and there were things that we liked and things we didn't like. Or not necessarily, I don't think it's things that we don't like. I think it's just things that we wish that if we were part of it, we could say, hey, wait a second, that didn't make any sense. Or Brian would like to be that guy who's in post-production watching the final cut before they send it off to the news people to say, hey, wait a second, uh, the Viper doesn't have a name on it. And, they, and they're like, oh, Brian, great catch. <laughs> hey, guys. Put the name on the Viper, right. you know? We didn't talk a lot about the battle. The battle was awesome. The battle was awesome. Minutely, minutely reminded me of uh, Star Wars, but way more hectic. And, Michelle, you mentioned that you liked the... Um, oh, the batteries. The batteries, I thank you. I love the batteries. They're awesome. I've lost all my words. The batteries looked awesome. I thought they just, like... I always thought that was the coolest CG when they have the full view of the ship and the batteries are just going off, like and then they're flying through. I always thought that was the coolest. I love the batteries because it, in a way, it's a very slight nod to the original series because they always had that same same effect shot that they would show of it turning and shooting, and just like they always had the same effect shot of like the back of a raider. And laser beam was going towards it. It was it started it to like peel off. off, and then it would get hit. They showed that same shot every time. So every time I see the batteries, that's what I think of. It's like, oh yeah. The well, this too was awesome when uh, the Cylon base star shot off all its missiles. That was neat too. It's just like, you know, it's great graphics. I have a question about the Anders thing and the Raider. That was. Strange, and I don't know what. Do you think that it was a nugget mistake, or that he was being told? I think it was a nugget mistake because he was pulling on the trigger of the stick. It wasn't like he was like just pulling it enough so it wouldn't fire. It was just like right. But I guess you could say, well, was he programmed to like not flip off the safety? I don't think so. I think he I was think just- I think it was a coincidence. I think it was a nugget mistake that he was shooting. And by creating that nugget mistake for not being able to shoot, gave the Cylon the opportunity to turn around check and make out. and check him out. Because if he had not made that mistake, and he probably would have shot the Cylon. Which, by the way, that whole scene with the Raider flipping around in the slow mo that was cool too. Yeah. Well, Actually, the, you know, what it reminded me the of the red pupil was a little freaky. It was yeah. freaky because the pupil stopped. Yeah, it stopped when the red center, light, the, the red, red light dot stopped, yeah. stopped in the middle. But you know what? No, not the Raider's red dot. Oh, the eye. Anders, Anders' pupil yeah. going red. Now, was that red because it was being scanned and it turned red like a reflection of a laser beam hitting you and I? Or was it a red like... Uh, in Anders. Like in I Anders. I assumed it was like, in Anders. I thought, yeah. it, was in I thought Anders. it was like him, some sort of... Something triggered off. Triggered off, like, he, like he even more a, so. He made like a... The Raider's looking at him and he sent a signal back to him and said, unconsciously... You know, get out of here. I mean, crack off. <laughs> in a way, I thought, how would a raider, which is they've said is no more than just like the sentience of like a dog, know to flip around and scan this one guy who's behind you? 
Well, Caprica, I think it originally was... Caprica 6 was saying, I can detect them, but I don't think like a radio would have like enough... I think to... it originally was going to flip around and shoot them, but it, That's it, what it I scanned thought. That's him. what I thought. Because mm. I think it scans everybody, mm. and it just happened to... Because it was all going slow-mo, yeah. you know, I think he, it scanned them a lot quicker than what we yeah. saw. He flipped around like this and scanned them, but it was probably... Yeah. And he scanned them. Yeah. yeah. A computer, it thinks, like, in milliseconds. So, when it didn't fire for so long, it's probably like, hmm, I'm supposed to run this protocol for some reason. Uh, initiate protocol scan. Ooh, okay. Gotta guess what, go! Guess what I found. See you later. <laughs> so. At first, I thought it was kind of weird that all the final four people were all having, like, these things were, like, second-guessing themselves. But on the other hand, I can kind of see that because if they had just been triggered, then at that point they would start to, like, feel that they might be under some other influence. Well, Boomer did that, too, when she shot herself in the face. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> other, I was other... total surprised when it starts off oh, yeah. and Ty shoots Adama in the face. I was like, <laughs> oh! I thought, at that moment, I thought, this is totally not going the way I thought it was yeah, going. Like, <laughs> wow. We did not predict that at all. I had done it that way. But you oh knew it wasn't, God. though. I mean, it, no, I, I did not. At first, I, did not. At first, I thought I, it was for real. Really? Because yeah. I was like, "There's no way they could do that because it'd just be." I thought it would have been brilliant if they had done that. Well, no, this is what I thought. I know. I thought pop a cap in Adama's face, comes back because he's a Cylon. Mm-hmm. That's the only way they could have done That's the only way it, it yeah. would have worked. Yeah. The one thing I really liked about that, though, is the way they staged the scene because the way they shot it was. The camera starts panning from the left to right. He he shoots them, and you see reactions of people going nuts. They're like, and it's in slow motion. The person behind they're, they're like, covering their face like this, and you see Ty going like this, and then he puts his thing down. Then, it, <laughs> then the camera starts to track back, and by the time it goes back, everyone's kind of like picking back up to where they would normally be, and then it goes back to Adama. And that was all one take, and so I thought that was, that was brilliant. That shot was amazing. Yeah. I still yeah. think it would have been cool if they had shot Adama. <laughs> I'd be like, way to go. Great way to stay up the season. Yeah, I wouldn't have any idea where they'd go from there. The only way they would do that is if they had some lackey interns who they said, all right, scour the internet, read all the forums, and listen to all the podcasts. We're meeting next Monday. They come back and like, okay, these guys think this, these guys think this, these guys think this. And then they'd be like, all right, so what is not anybody thinking? (laughs) Nobody thinks that Ty is going to shoot Adama. (laughs) Failed it! (laughs) (laughs) That's almost what it's come down to. Because like we were talking about before, it's like when we talk about these things so much, you know, you throw enough stuff up against the wall, somebody's going to get it right. And that could be it. And they'd be like, oh, this schmo over and wherever... On their forum or their blog or their podcast, they got it right. Oh, we got to change it now. So. That schmo's like, listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> but he's never butter, know. Butter, butter, <laughs> they would never know because they would change it before. He would- On the other hand, do they really, really read these blogs and read oh, the podcast? They must a little bit. They have to. I mean, They've got interns. Well, you have to be just a little bit. See, I mean, you it guys would be- have to ask that next time you interview somebody. On the sci-fi blog, <laughs> Mrs. Ron is on there a lot reading yeah. stuff. So I think they only check that one, though. It would seem... It's un- a great way to get a feel it, for it your audience. It would seem a little bit unreasonable to think that they wouldn't, not necessarily all the time, but just randomly peruse. I mean, it's free market research. Yeah, I mean, just, just to see what the fans are saying. Yeah. There are actually a lot of typed forums 
But there aren't that many podcasts. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, we're go- no more legitimate than a... I mean, what are we? I mean, we, we don't have any more say than someone else that's posting. Uh, just because there's only, we're like, say... interviews with their cast. You know, you're right. Well, <laughs> we do have some legitimacy. But what I'm saying is, you know, uh, you know, Aaron Douglas, he's a guy. He's just a... He's an actor, but he's, he's a guy, right? So he could theoretically... He goes to iTunes because he wants to buy some music for his kid or something or wants to buy music for his brother. I don't know. And then he's like, oh, let me see, blah, 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 and then stumbles upon this whole page of Battlestar stuff. And who knows if they listen to it. Maybe they listen to it for like five seconds and go, oh, it's stupid. These yeah. guys, <laughs> you know, they don't know what they're talking about. Or maybe listens to it for a minute and goes, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, but I got to go. You know, and never comes back to it again. But I don't know. I think that it's not like... It's not unlikely. I think it's very likely. I think it's I think plausible. It's let me let me quote the uh, not, Mythbusters. For me, it's not like Jennifer Aniston not reading People magazine or Star because of what they say about her. It's people that want your product talking about your product for free. Why wouldn't you listen to it? Quite you frankly, things maybe because they're so busy. They're <laughs> producing the show. Hands. Well, they have now, but yeah. That's what I wonder. It's like there's actually a, an article in the Hollywood Reporter saying that Ron Moore, while he was in the picket line, he suddenly had like this new clarity about how he wanted the show to end. And he went to the writer's room after the strike ended and said, all right, let me explain this to you. After reading that, I'm like, there wasn't clarity before. <laughs> I mean, you had it all mapped out. How? Why suddenly during, I, I don't know, maybe they, they well, said we, that in that article. We, we read, read that too. in the article too. He said that, he had it all planned out, and then when there was a writer's strike, he thought about it he some had more. more time to think. And then he was like, you know what? I have a different idea. Just from the, a professional standpoint, I work in a place where people on the internet talk about what we do, and we go out seeking that information so that we know what they're saying, so that we can deal with it or respond to it or whatever. Why wouldn't you do that if you work for a TV show? Especially if you're on a, like... A cable network where you would just love to get more interaction with your viewers, get just that little bit extra edge to give you just a little bit more in terms of demographics, viewership. Yeah, it's plausible. Yeah. Okay, so let's wrap this episode up. Let's give our grades. I will give it a B. Oh my God. I can't believe I heard that. <laughs> Why? Uh- because I thought the Baltar harem thing was kind of cheesy, the way they're all these young hot women. I thought the Lee thing about the what? giving up his commission was just so... I mean, bees. I'm not going to defend my grade to you, but I like the rest of it. How about you? Who's next? Well, I'm going to say B doesn't make any sense if it's only the harem that's bringing you down. It's a, not a only room, the harem. A room full of gorgeous women and you're giving it a B? You two were defending that very very Yeah, you were were defending that to Michelle in like a sort of man-man way. No, 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 no. You misinterpret. I was defending the way he was... Oh, you were defending Guy's' actions. His actions of being... But in terms of it being on a show, I thought it was just like, what is this doing on Battlestar? Like, all these hot women... Yeah, because you know what? When they were being invaded by the Cylons, it's a fact... On Caprica, hot women don't run as fast as not hot women. So there should have been a harem full of not hot women. No, you know what it is? It's that the women and the gay men came to the right conclusion that there's one God 
before everyone else. Yeah. And that's why they were all in that one room together. <laughs> all the middle-aged women and the older men and the children <laughs> and everybody else somehow just didn't get a clue. I'm going to give it an A and hopefully make up for Brian's negativity. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. There's a perfect hate. episode. Okay, you. If, uh, hey, if, you. If Battlestar Galactica was on... A is a perfect grade, though. No, That's what not. I don't get. You're grading on this curve where, like, A is a perfect show. It was It was a perfect show for me. I okay. enjoyed it. It was a perfect it show. Entertaining. She just said it was a, not a perfect show, and she gives it an A. No, That's there a, is no perfect show yes, in there existence. Yes, there is. There are. Last yeah, year's Caprica shows, of... new Caprica shows, those were A's. Well, just no, because... they weren't. Yes, just they because... Were. You see, there's they a difference. The ones that you say were so great when the Galactica falls in the sky. But and they goes, weren't perfect. They weren't that perfect. That one was awesome, though. But here's the thing. <sighs> you can talk about a show and you can critique it and say, I would have done this different or that didn't make sense. But on an overall grade, you can still say an A. I think the grade we're giving it here is, let's say someone hasn't seen the show yet. I'm telling them... I'm giving it an A, meaning I want you to watch it 100%. You're giving them a B, which says, well, you have an 80% chance of watching it, but if you don't watch it, 20% chance is okay. Within but, the scale of this show and the other shows we've but, ever seen, what's the point? to me, this one falls in a range that's just below perfect because it has flaws. But why? So it's a B. And by the way, B is not terrible, so I don't want to hear a bunch of crap about, oh, you're negative about the show. B is a good grade, damn it. Go ahead. I'll give it an A minus. It was really good. I think it was a very good entree back into the series, but it wasn't. It was not perfect for me. Like that new Caprica when the Battlestar Flutters out of the sky. That was just like seriously awesome. This was good. It was really, really good. I was not disappointed. I was really afraid of being disappointed. If Hilo was on the bridge without his shirt on. It would have been A+. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's been this episode. We're finally back on track. Stick around. Our website is galacticacorum.com. Our email is gcorum at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. So say we all. Okay, no more beer. Previously on the Galactica Quorum. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to go into the end bit. (laughs) Yeah, get it all out. Get all your piasses out. No, I did that on purpose. Brian's going to pee himself. Okay, okay. Okay.